0: Hey everyone, it's Clarissa here from the Thriving Through Menopause podcast. You know, as I talk to women around the world, I know that more than ever, we're looking for holistic ways to manage our menopause and to feel empowered that we're in control of our own health and healing during this vital life transition. I sit down each week with amazing guests To talk about ideas, strategies, approaches, and opportunities to help us thrive through menopause. Episodes drop every Tuesday, so I hope that you'll join us. And I have a little request for you that if you find value from the stories, lessons, and wisdom that we share, I'd like you to support this podcast. One way you can do that is to hop on to wherever you listen to podcasts and like. subscribe and share it so that others can hear the messages too. You might want to buy me a coffee to help me keep this podcast up and running and I'd love you to subscribe to my newsletter Heart of Menopause over on Substack. Don't forget episodes drop every Tuesday and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being part of this community, listening to this podcast and I hope that you enjoy the new content that's coming up in this new season. There, we go. Welcome to this episode of Thriving Through Menopause with me, Clarissa. And I love that we're going to talk about Chinese medicine. Because you, my listeners that know me, know that this is my heart and passion in the midst of all of menopause. And I have been searching for an appropriate guest to talk about acupuncture and particularly Chinese herbal medicine which is incredible and powerful and so my guest today I'm so delighted to introduce to you Dr. Christine Burns. Welcome Christina. Oh thank you Clarissa I'm so ecstatic to be here. Well Christina I mean you are a doctor of eastern medicine you have studied and worked in China and India and Nepal and you're really focused on women's health and fertility, uh, which is so fantastic. Um, But I'd love to talk about this from a from a Eastern medicine perspective. Um, You know, how is that viewed? Let's start with how is menopause viewed through that lens? Yes. No, I
1: mean, you, Chinese medicine has a very unique approach to treating menopause and, and, and everything for that matter, you know, so holistic, so connected to the universe. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, the way that Chinese medicine views menopause is clearly an imbalance of the energies in the body and that we, in some cases, become deficient of certain things. So we could call it hormones in Western medicine and we can call it yin, yang, blood, qi in in Chinese medicines. So we become deficient of certain things. And then we might have an excess of other things. So if we're talking, you know, Western medicine, maybe the excess is of estrogen and we don't have enough progesterone to balance it. or the excess is of stress hormones and high insulin levels and inflammation. um, And we don't have um, the balance of the nervous system, um, you know, and other hormones to control it. So there there is, there are parallels. But I do find that medicine describes these transitions and how they could get out of whack uh, to be, to be just so wise and, and really effective in treatment.
0: Yeah, and I love that that, that's really, there's that translation between East and West that makes it easier for people to understand, because I think talking about Chinese organ systems can be quite confusing, and they're thinking, what do you mean? But when we look at it like that, it's quite logical. Um, Yeah,
1: I've had, you know, I've had an entire career in basically trying to be a bridge from East to West kind of thing, and and. Because I think our medicine is so powerful, uh, I do try my best to explain it in, you know, in Western physiological terms and then eventually, you know, start to explain it more in Chinese medicine terms to my patients to so that, you know, they can start embracing this more Taoist um, approach that involves, you know, our connectedness to nature and the universe at large.
0: Yeah. And I think that's very central, isn't it, too? a Chinese medicine philosophy that, you know, we're connected to the seasons and not just the earth seasons, but our own life seasons. Absolutely. And I'll I'll see different
1: conditions, um, even related to menopause, worsen at different seasons, become, you know, the imbalance can become worse, you know, Um, for example, hot flashes can become worse in the fall um, as the air starts to dry out um, you know, as we're deprived more of our what we call yin, our, our nourishing fluids, and um, or you know, as the season becomes more windy, um, that can incite more things like vertigo um, that can also be associated with menopause.
0: Of course. And then I think in the winter, when it's dark and it's and it's got and we're, you know, then where we really can see that mentally, can't we as well play out in that kind of shutting the world out low? absolutely absolutely and I I, you know I I really
1: believe what we've been taught by this philosophy is that if we you know try to learn these patterns and we try to live as best we can in harmony with the seasons you know our 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 health and our quality of life improves
0: absolutely one of the concepts that I think has been grasped on in the west is this idea of second spring um But from a Chinese medicine perspective, what does that actually mean? And when does it really start happening for women?
1: Back in spring, um, you mean like the transition of menopause?
0: Yes. Of- yes. um, and Yeah.
1: I mean, I would say it's very different for everyone, right? Because there, there are women who go into premature menopause in their late 20s or early 30s. Um, and that seems to be happening more. Um, interestingly, um, autoimmune disease, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, and other um, issues with inflammation are, are pushing women into earlier menopause. Mm-hmm. I also believe uh, a high degree of stress uh, can can push people into menopause earlier too. But I would say, by and large, you know, it's between the ages of let's say, um, some people have a much
0: later um, second spring, and some people much earlier. Yeah, so it, it is always individual that. I think it's become sort of we talk, they're talking a lot about oh, I'm second spring now. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, you know, sure that we understand that there is quite a significant preparation and transitioning process which Chinese medicine talks about uh, in the lead up to the second spring uh, and that it is the sort of journey which I think is embraced in, in Chinese medicine
1: yes, it can be a beautiful thing. You know, we, we live in this culture that is all about fighting age, you know, take out antioxidants, take these anti-aging supplements and herbs. And, you know, these are the things that people are seeking to do is to fight the aging process, but there are beautiful things that happen as we transition, Um, both in the body and in the mind. I know that, you know, attitude wise and mindset wise, as I've, you know, come into my forties, I've noticed a major change in, you know, not in being able to let go of, of things, um, more easily, uh, you know, to be able to kind of go with the flow a bit more. So aging, isn't all bad. There's definitely some (laughs) wonderful things that come with it. Yeah. If we, if we, if we honor doing it, you know, in a, in a, as healthy of a way as possible.
0: Exactly. And, and talking to that, you know, we don't we've understand what's happening with hormones and menopause, that there's this declining, and as you mm-hmm. mentioned, there's a some deficiency and imbalances in the in the body that occur. Um mm-hmm. you know, how does that affect us as a whole person, not just the not just the symptoms? Oh well, you know, I think it's a
1: time when women are really struggling or could be really struggling with their identity. Uh, like I had a um a patient recently who you know was really having trouble with the idea of this transition and thinking that it meant the end of her youth, the end of her beauty, the end of her, her identity as she knew it. So there was a massive psychological and emotional struggle for her in particular. Um I think that there's, you know, struggle with the change in the body and how it maybe doesn't respond to food certain foods in the same way and how there are different needs and mm-hmm. um you know with sleep and you know we have to pay attention to different things that you know, as the, I don't even want to call it a decline, but it is, there is a decline in hormones. There is this change, uh, in, you know, in the Chinese medicine text. it actually used to be by, you know, age 42 that the hair turned gray, the hair turns gray, the teeth fall out and you die, you know? So we we've come a (laughs) long way in that, you know, that's, that's no longer the case, but you know, there is this decline in what we call the, um, the yin, the blood, um, You know, but there's also a decline in yang energy, which could be maybe related to your libido, uh, your energy, the yin in the blood, and maybe that will affect your sleep and your ability to be calm. And, uh, you know, from the Western medical standpoint, we have this decline in estrogen Uh, And in progesterone that can make you feel unsettled emotionally, Um, it can affect your sleep, it can affect your metabolism, Um, it can actually lead to you feeling much more insecure, like the the mental and emotional side of it, not just grappling with the, you know, a midlife crisis kind of thing, or a later life crisis, is actually the decline of hormones affect your brain, like, and how it functions, your focus, your memory, your
0: emotions. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, your opinion, but I think the Chinese medicine approach really talks about the emotional side um, as being because we know that the organ systems are not just physiological, they are deeply connected to mental and emotional and spiritual aspects of us as humans. So I think that's maybe where Chinese medicine has has a real understanding around. That's this. a
1: very good point. Yeah. Because each organ system is attached to an emotion and a spiritual aspect. And so, you know, when Chinese medicine describes the different patterns of menopause, because people have different patterns, it's not just, you know, one pattern for all. Um, it also describes, you know, the physical with the emotional and the spiritual symptoms simultaneously. Um, and, it, and I find that just so fascinating. I was looking at a Chinese herbal formula for a patient recently and She had a lot of sleep issues and was very unsettled emotionally. And the description of the herbal formula was so specific that it said things like, you close your eyes at night and try to sleep. And then you go far, you feel like you go far off into another land but you're not actually asleep. So it just gets so specific so that when the patient describes to me what's going on with them and I always ask them what's going on emotionally, that actually informs me on how to diagnose and treat them. Um, Sometimes even more than the physical symptoms.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because I think we can talk about how we feel quite often. Um, But that, and that helps, doesn't it? Because then we're listening to what the patient is telling us. Um, I feel like this. I feel tired. I feel unsettled. As you said, and I love this, just sort of like a go to sleep, but I'm not asleep. I'm like just drifted off. And I love that because then it allows that individual treatment. And that's very much, isn't it, Christina, at the heart of Chinese medicine, individuality. It
1: really is. And it's very, in my opinion, very like kind of like lock and key, like, if you get the right formula, the right treatment for the patient, the change is almost instant and dramatic. Um, it, you know, like obviously it can take time to really find balance, but there's generally a change in the person's energy very quickly. Um, a feeling of resolution that starts to come from a deeper place. Yeah. Uh, so, so it really, I, I feel so fortunate to have. You know, in this life, found myself in this um, field because I do believe that it's a very viable and effective solution for so many things. Yes,
0: absolutely, and I think that there are many different. As people may or may not understand, there are many different threads to to Chinese medicine, aren't they, Christina? So there's, I think, people may be familiar with acupuncture, and we see acupuncture appearing in the menopause guidelines. But there really is so much more to it, isn't there? Yeah, Matt. you know, Chinese medicine is so vast.
1: Uh, We have thousands of herbal formulas. We have, you know, thousands upon thousands of point combinations for the acupuncture. We also have, you know, a bunch of different styles of acupuncture, Japanese, Korean, five element, Um, you know, there's just, uh, you know, regular TCM. We we just have so many options, moxibustion, gua sha, and you know, everybody's formula is a little bit different. Uh, We have seen progress research-wise in terms of standardizing um, treatment protocols. And I, and I, and, you know, although in our industry, people don't tend to like standardization of things because it takes, you know, it's not as powerful as the customized. Sometimes we need to do a little bit of that to get some evidence behind us to push the medicine forward.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes I think the lack of sufficient Western medicine evidence, irritating as it is when you say, well, we've been doing this for 3000 plus years, does, um, I think, build bridges for it to be seen as a valid treatment for people for whom some of it can feel very alien for people out there. You know, they think, well, I don't understand how it works. And maybe they're a little reticent at times. Oh, well, very reticent. Yeah. <laughs> I, I
1: well, Most of my patients come to me either via a doctor or a referral from a friend. And generally, by the time they find me, they've exhausted other options. And, and you know, they're, they're not exactly thrilled to try Eastern medicine. It's not even necessarily that they believe in it. But, you know, they've been told that it could be effective for them. Um, and, you know, they're at their wits end. So yeah. you know, I hope that we will come to a day where... You know, people will try actually this type of medicine first um, with Mm -hmm. nutrition and, you know, the type of Qigong work that you do Mm -hmm. before maybe going into more um, dramatic
0: treatment. Forms. Definitely. And I and I think that, you know, Chinese medicine holds a lot of keys. I mean, herbs are very front and center and diet is very, as I work with, is very front and center here. You know, amazing small tweaks in diet that look like nothing. Like you see with the herbs, we can see very dramatic things. I'm thinking, well, this person did something for two weeks and things shifted. I mean, and as you said, it takes time, but really very powerful Ways of working with people, yes, and very simple,
1: right? Yes. Like what, like what, for example, closer What would be, you know, an example of somebody that you've recommended a dietary change for, and you've just seen a miraculous difference?
0: Sometimes I get people um to make a make a shift, and t- maybe I say to them, "You actually need to be eating more animal protein." So, okay, if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, I understand um that but a lot of patients who have maybe a little bit of overweight they're they're very you know they're very sort of down and a little bit more meat you're going to see a different kind of lift they're going to lose some of that menopausal belly that they don't want to have they're going to gain some more energy because there's a lot of warmth there's more yang in that food and they need a bit of that obviously a very hot person you wouldn't do that but for a lot of people this this helps them helps them to sort of lift up or we introduce very moistening foods into the into the process because they're very dry so simple foods like oats a really good porridge with strange enough some butter and salt (laughs) (laughs) because people who know that that's going to support the system suddenly going to feel a lot better and you're thinking "Well, that's not possible but it is because we understand how it's working in the system so
1: yeah, and it's the energy of food, right? Because, oh, yeah.
0: you know, we've gotten
1: yeah. so into Western dietetics that are like this nutrient and that nutrient, yeah. you need to boost, you know, be this and vitamin D, and which yeah. is all, you know, useful
0: it's, also. It's, good. it's important.
1: Absolutely. But when you start to look at the energetics of food, it makes so much sense. Like if somebody is not sleeping and having lots of hot flashes and full of anxiety, I'm like, maybe coffee is not your friend right now. It's hot, dry and stimulating. Yeah. Uh, so and, and you know, they would maybe do better with something like butter, buttery oatmeal. <laughs> yeah,
0: they <laughs> would do better with that. Or maybe not. Yes. Or maybe skip the wine, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's about as hot and dry as you can get on the system, you know, it will just exacerbate oh, okay. those symptoms. So yeah, really. absolutely. Well, the wine is, you know, that's a big
1: one for people who have sleep issues, uh, you know, and, and it's tough because, a lot of the people dealing with this around 5pm will start to feel a little jittery, like, oh, I need to have a glass of wine. Uh, and then that'll just start this whole vicious cycle all over again, they'll be up at night, it'll be a bad night, the, they'll get through the day. And then the, you know, the cycle repeats. So even even in people who aren't in menopause, wine is completely mm-hmm. terrible for sleep.
0: Yeah, absolutely. and And worse so for the women that we work with because they're going to be awake in that one to three uh, time when the body's detoxifying and then suddenly we're like wide awake.
1: But talk a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and more. the insulin levels are up and the stress hormones are
0: up and it just oh, it yeah. just sets everything askew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that's very, very true. But I mean specifically then people learn about acupuncture or they've heard about acupuncture or get referred but what can acupuncture do for women going through perimenopause and menopause how does it how does it sort of support them right well i mean it can do a variety of things so depending on
1: what somebody is dealing with like it, it'll you can target it to those symptoms and that pattern so you know if somebody is having more trouble uh going to sleep or staying asleep um or sweating in the night it can you know, astringe the pores. It can cool, literally cool the body down, and help those um, sleep hormones um, reset. And pe- people can get better rest. It can also settle the spirit. I do see that the psycho-emotional part of of you know the changes in hormones on on one's mind and spirit and nervous system is very dramatic and. Yeah acupuncture excels at, you know, lowering serum cortisol levels and helping people feel more calm and having the ability to focus. Like I have, you know, people tell me that, you know, since they started going into perimenopause that they just can't get anything done. They feel like they're kind of running in circles, feel chaotic. and Yeah. Yeah acupuncture is very effective in, in treating that. And, and it can, you know, the research shows that it actually can regulate the hormonal aspect, like bring down, um, insulin and blood sugar levels that make, uh, the menopause symptoms worse. It can start to help the ovaries actually, pr- and the adrenals produce a little bit of the precursors of hormones to help us be a bit more nourished in that way. Yeah. And it can just really soften, uh, the, the symptoms. Yeah, uh, as, as we go through
0: it yeah and and typically how many treatments would a patient, obviously we're individuals but on a sort of average um I've heard things like coming about sort of five to six sessions but I mean in your experience Christina um the sort of rough guideline that people might expect you know right I generally get
1: um like a noticeable change just after one session. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you don't stick with it, it'll slide back. Uh, So, you know, I I tell people that acupuncture is like pressing a reset button Mm -hmm. and, you know, in or, and especially when there's a deficiency, there deficiency of hormones, we are building something back, which takes more time than just kind of, you know, getting rid of something like getting rid of a headache or a cold, Mm -hmm. something, you know, Mm -hmm. very acute and temporary. So, you know i can get effectiveness after one treatment but i usually say actually with menopause depending on the severity it's going to be probably more like 10 to 12 sessions right uh, you you'll you'll notice a big difference after 4 to 6 as you mentioned yes but in terms of getting it to kind of stick uh i would say it's more like a few months
0: mm-hmm. yeah now that's that's a really good good guideline because yeah a lot of acupuncturists don't have as much experience sometimes with working with menopausal women and Sometimes people can't afford things, but I think it's for them to understand that, you know, yeah, they'll see some change. um, Then, as you're saying, continue some more. But you might need to come back a few years down the line because perimenopause and menopause are dynamic, can't they, in nature?
1: Very. It might be six months down the line or a year down the line. And, um, you know, it also depends on your lifestyle. Like my practice is based in New York City. People are very out of balance here. Um, you know, it's it's very stimulating. It's very hot. Um, you know, it's really a lot, and so I find that um, actually, you know, and then people push themselves very hard. Yeah. So it's really about how you are living um, in terms of the effect- effectiveness of the treatment too. Like if you are, you know, doing the harmonious things, you're making the dietary changes, you're trying to get rest, you're not pushing yourself too hard, then the the treatment effects will stick better. If you are pushing yourself to the limit, over caffeinating, drinking, you know that you're going to need to come back a lot. So, um, so it really is it really is dependent on the person and how willing to participate in the journey you are.
0: Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. oh, de- def- definitely. I think that's that's part of this approach, as it probably is also in Ayurveda or Western herbalism. That an awful lot of getting better is a relationship between the practitioner and the patient, rather than sometimes in Western medicine, it's like, here's, take this medication, you'll be better, you might go away for, till your next prescription. This is much more of a working together and empowering the person to continue their lifestyle and other changes. Yeah, well, I mean,
1: before pharma took over, it was physician as teacher. Yes. Uh, you know, not just in Chinese medicine, but in, in, you know, a range of of different Mm -hmm. fields. And you still have, you know, a tiny handful of medical doctors that still operate that way and take time to counsel their patients in these different areas. It's really troublesome that that is not part of medical practice, that that doctors don't learn any nutrition or consider any of the lifestyle um, aspects because the physician is most people's first point of contact. Yes. Uh, and so, I, you know, we're in a unique role in this field um, to hopefully spend a bit more time with our patients and and guide guide people in, in how to live well so that they don't need us as much and that they <laughs> don't need as much of the, you know, or hopefully any of the more um, invasive and, and um, involved treatments and medications.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That That's a very important, very important point. Yeah. Well,
1: um, and we know that, you know, uh, that Western medicine doesn't treat menopause so effectively. Um, you know, the, the it's really a lot of trial and error. And I don't hear from my patients that they've found that the hormones are like all that, you know, effective.
0: No, I think, I think that they find it's, my experience is hearing that women have gone through cycles of it not working or it taking a very long time to work or actually fixes one problem but creates another in its place
1: exactly exactly and that and that's really um you know, the way that the Western medicine has gone. And I'm a fan of Western medicine. I'm glad that we have it, but it is kind of just taking one angle and for what you might be, you might get some effectiveness in one area, but then you have consequences to that and and side effects. Whereas in Chinese medicine, because we are prescribing something that works synergistically with the body, generally it's not only treating the one thing we're targeting, but it'll, all the other things will fall into balance also.
0: Yes. And and I think because what we said it's also got a huge amount of that emotional component. It's not just treating the physiological symptoms, which, of course, is what on the whole the Western medicine is doing, is actually treating the whole person.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, I, I know that our modern society has gotten away from this, but I, I do hope that we are coming full circle back into interviewing People less in the mechanistic model, whereas you're breaking the system down into parts and and more so that everything is constantly interacting. And, and so everything needs consideration at the same time.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's the whole person is is the way forward. But I wanted to touch also on Chinese herbs because obviously people are familiar with acupuncture and I, I don't know in your opinion people are even less um, less familiar well <laughs> they don't know what chinese herbs are about or how they work people probably have some western herbal knowledge we hear black cohosh red clover people say well that works or it doesn't work or it did work the chinese medicine herbal medicine is quite different isn't it christina in many ways
1: it's very different um, because we're really looking at the specific pattern um, or diagnosis from an Eastern medicine standpoint of each woman as she's going through this. And, um, you know, you could you could use a formula, it's the wrong one, and actually the symptoms could aggravate. You could use the right one and they could, you know, 90% resolve within a couple days kind of thing. And, um, and so I do believe that Chinese herbal medicine is incredibly effective. It's also really good for nourishing deficiency. Um, acupuncture is good for um, clearing what we call excess very quickly yes. and um, and not as good for building up the strength of the body. It'll take longer.
0: Yeah.
1: Whereas herbs quite quickly build back the strength of the body, the hormones, the nervous system. And, and so I'm a huge fan of herbs and it's also something that is a little bit less commitment. Uh, You know, you you have the commitment of taking the herbs daily, but you don't have to go to a weekly appointment, for example. Um, So I have patients around the world that I see for herbs because I can't see them for acupuncture. Now, if I have the fortune to see um, them for both, then, you know, we're really grooving and we're getting, um, changed really fast, but the uh, Chinese herbal medicine is super uh, effective. And, and it's just really about getting the right formula. You know, there's some very famous formulas, one called, Jibai uh, uh, that, you know, works in many cases. I developed one, um, called glow that works in a lot of cases. And it really is just reducing inflammation, balancing the nervous system, nourishing the hormones, cooling the body down a little bit. Um, You know, and then there are others that, you know, don't even seem like they would treat any of the hormonal symptoms, but they settle the spirit and the emotions and the hormonal symptoms go away. Uh, So, you know, it's really, really unique in in that it's completely customized and can be very quickly um, effective and lasting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and women, I love that. I love because it is totally tailored to the person and exactly where they are. Um, And my, you know, I have base knowledge like you, but I mean, it's really combinations of herbs, isn't it? Which is different from Western herbal medicine. So Western herbal medicine is very, a singular herb most of the time. Whereas here you're building formulas that have, different herbs that are coming together and working synergistically with each other. That's exactly
1: right. I studied um, Western herbal medicine before I studied Eastern medicine and about two years into my education, um, I thought, you know, this just isn't powerful enough um, for what I want to do. And when I, when I learned more about Eastern medicine, I thought this is really the route I want to go and not, and not that Western herbal medicine doesn't have its merits. It certainly does, but it doesn't have uh, like 3000 years of history of, of these doctors, um, like, you know, really focusing on different combinations of herbs and, you know, Chinese herbal medicine is amazing because you'll have the main herb in the formula called the chief herb to target whatever it is. Um, and then you'll have helper herbs, um, you know, that, that reinforce the action of that, or you'll have what we call an envoy, which is an herb that you pair with in the formula to send it where you want it to go. For example, if you have rosacea, then you want an herb to be the envoy to the face. Um, so, so it's really, and then you have herbs that balance and detoxify Mm -hmm. the other herbs kind of thing. So I I would say it's incredibly sophisticated uh, and, and really, you definitely want to make sure that it's prescribed correctly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because the contraindications could be quite significant. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. So it's
1: incredibly powerful, but you know, if the formula isn't um, prescribed
0: correctly, then, then you could feel worse. Abs- absolutely. Absolutely. Without, without doubt, as you said, it can dial up the symptoms mm-hmm. uh, or create something else that you don't want to happen to you.
1: Indeed. M- luckily, mostly with herbs and acupuncture, if you get an aggravation, it, it goes away quite quickly. Um, you know, and you're, and you're going to, again, you're going to know quite quickly if it, if it isn't for you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and there, and there's just kind of a knowingness, you uh, you know, it's not, it's not as much like Western medicine where there's this adjustment period. Um, it, it, it's,
0: it, you'll, you'll know quicker. I think. It, it works fast. It works fast in my, uh, in my yeah, experience, yeah. herbs and acupuncture, you yeah. feel a shift very quickly in exactly whatever it, it is that needs to move and change. Yeah. And, it, and yeah. you'll,
1: and you, and it, it calls for you to tune in. It, my patients that I get the quickest kind of um, progress with are the ones that, really listen to themselves. Like, okay, yes, this is working for me. No, it's not. Um, you know, and and it's a very subtle energetic thing. Now you'll very much have very obvious symptom changes. You know, your night sweats either get worse or they get better, right? Yeah. Um, but there's also some kind of deeper um intuitive knowing.
0: Yeah, yes. Absolutely. That something is shifting and something is changing in in exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, can herbs be taken In that phase, just in the early perimenopause to kind of um, prepare the body better rather than arriving as many women do in the midst of the hormone chaos and trying to fix it. Can they be used to prepare the, the woman for that? Transition. absolutely that's yeah. the best thing to do
1: <laughs> um, because then you're you know then you, you, you're much less likely to land in a very ferocious menopausal yeah. state right yeah. so um you know the, the advantage of of chinese medicine is that we get to see things before they come to fruition um we look at the tongue maybe we have the opportunity to take the pulse I, i'm not able to do that with all my patients because some are virtual um, we look at the complexion, we take inventory of symptoms mm-hmm. and, um, and we're able to prescribe, you know, what I call a constitutional formula, something that is for you right now for what's going on, mm-hmm. uh, to kind of soften and, and, um, help with the, uh, the transition of the hormones. So, it, and, and it could be, you know, so, gentle and effective that you don't notice much of a transition at all at least not a negative one it doesn't have to be negative it's sort of like having your period when you're young you don't have to have a painful period um you know there's this belief that menopause has to be unpleasant no no it doesn't
0: no totally agree I think it can be a positive transformative experience as opposed to hell hell and I think that is what what women are picking up from the outer world, which is obviously then mirroring itself, I think today in our inner world, I agree, one hundred percent, yeah, so one question I have as well is women on hormone therapy can they be treated with acupuncture and or herbs
1: absolutely uh there I don't see any contraindication there. Uh, you know, and, and actually, it can be very complementary. I do a lot of integrative medicine and treat um, women in conjunction with a ver- variety of hormonal therapies, whether they're doing menopausal um, treatment or they're doing fertility treatment. I see women on a lot of medications, basically. And, um, and I find that actually the synergy between the two, or let's say that Chinese medicine can provide a balancing effect. And an enhancing effect to the Western treatment, you know, where it falls short, um, Chinese medicine can can pick up from there. And, you know, most Western doctors are very comfortable with acupuncture because it's an energy medicine. There's no chemical constituents to it like there are with Chinese herbs. So. Most of the doctors are more comfortable with acupuncture um, and less comfortable, perhaps, with mixing Chinese herbs with medications, mm-hmm. simply because the Chinese herbs act as, like, as do you know, pharmaceutical drugs in the system. In yes. some ways, yes. they have active components, yeah. and so there's a yeah. concern with some physicians or even with some patients that there will be a negative interaction there. Which is again why you just see somebody qualified.
0: Yeah. Absolutely and these are not places for people to go themselves and of course Chinese herbal medicine can be rarely can be bought online without without, if you don't understand you wouldn't know what you were buying anyway. So I think that that I see as a potentially a a really positive thing compared with what's emerging in in the Western side where I think people are going to health food shops and they're buying these herbs and then they say well they don't work Um, Mm -hmm. and they do work but that the situation has to be right. And, of course, they're just at one formula strength.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting to me that, that you know, the society has, has come about that, that um <laughs> you know, it's so we, – we just feel like we can self-prescribe even when we don't mm-hmm. know, right? Like, yeah. it, you know, you're not going to go self-prescribe yourself a, a pharmaceutical drug, or maybe you will. Some people do, well, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, if you, if you want it to be effective, you know, there's a reason why – you know, people like us go to school for many years to learn, that, right. Um, it's to do it properly and effectively. And Mm. so if you go and self-prescribe something and it doesn't work for you, instead of thinking that, you know, natural remedies don't work, it may just be that it wasn't the right natural remedy.
0: Yeah. Shut the dog up a bit. But, um, but, um, yeah, so I think that's, that's the interesting thing. And I think that's the good thing about Chinese medicine. We can't self-subscribe. We can, of course, be empowered to tap and cup and press and things like that and help ourselves a little on a daily basis. But but yes, the actual deeper medicine, you're right. We You need a practitioner to be there and to help you to... To be, well, to be well and to make it sure that it's effective. And what happens is as lasting as it can be, given that we're dynamic.
1: I absolutely agree. I do have patients that have been with me for, say, 15 years. And over the years, I've prescribed them a variety of different things mm-hmm. and taught them how to use it. So I do have certain patients that have been with me a long time that have a home apothecary. Yes. And really are quite versed in how to use a lot of it. And they just yes. check in with me if one of the remedies that you, that, you know, usually works for them doesn't work for them mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. and that they need, you know, me to sort of guide them to, to, in a new direction. But so there, there are ways to become empowered to, you know, take charge yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, by and large, I just recommend you at least have a guide. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's usually yeah. a very, very, very good idea. Um I think, you know, if someone wanted to come to you, what would you recommend as kind of the first steps that people take when they have these perimenopausal symptoms, how do they even begin? Um, What's what's step one?
1: Step one is I generally, you know, have a conversation about what are you doing in your, in your lifestyle, you know, And, and um you know talk through the daily routine and and what they're consuming you know what their life is like and and where there could be um triggers for an imbalance to become worse right mm-hmm. and and you know beyond the lifestyle aspects such as nutrition and daily routine mm-hmm. Uh, there's, uh, you know, stress levels and things. There's the, okay, uh, how severe are your symptoms? Are you going to be a once a week acupuncture? Or are you going to be twice or thrice per week acupuncture for mm-hmm. a few weeks until we get mm-hmm. this under control? Yeah. Um, or, you know, is acupuncture not an option? And, you know, I'm writing you an herbal formula and sending it to you. Yes. Um, and then we're checking in after, you know, a week or two of that formula to see how you're doing. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's sort of like with any uh, practitioner where you sit in first, do an intake and really learn about what's going on, what what this looks like, mm-hmm. um, give some strategies that one can do on their own, DIY, right? Yes. And, um, and then prescribing the medicine that will work for them,
0: either acupuncture, herbs or both. Yeah, yeah. That is, I think, very sound advice. And often, as you say, there are a lot, small lifestyle changes that they can start with. And we talked a bit about some foods and some drinks and getting maybe more rest and managing stress as as things that all of us can take on board to start. Yeah, some of of them it's a toxic
1: relationship. Oh, I'm so sorry, Clarissa. Uh, Some of them it's a toxic relationship, uh, you know, that they, like, you know, the, the, They get rid of whoever that person is and then the, you know, the sleep settles. Uh, So it it really is, it really is quite individual, but I think you're really an expert in this food energetics and the Qigong therapy Mm -hmm. um, that is very useful for people to be able to do on their own. And then, you know, if someone was to engage, you know, with you on a regular basis or somebody like me. I think it's keeping in mind that this is a relationship. This is not something that, okay, you come and you get your medication and then you're gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an evolution of yeah. treatment. And, and we adapt the treatment as you go along to mm-hmm. get you to where you want to be and to make sure that it's appropriate for each stage. And not to say that somebody has to come every week forever for eternity, right? Mm-hmm. But there is a certain process to go through um, where you kind of, you do keep in close contact for a period of time until you, you feel that you're reset enough to, you know, to, to handle life as it is.
0: Well, I think exactly. And I think it is, as you say, this back and forth relationship, you're saying, have you noticed something's changed? What's going on now? Because, because people are shifting and changing as the treatment, and sometimes it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know. You know, Absolutely sometimes it doesn't body. work. No, no I've had I,
1: yeah. I I've had patients that I'm like, hmm, you know, I like really, I you know, it it's not working and and like you know, I'm very determined to figure this out. And so, you know, I generally will be able to find the formula. However, I do I, I may refer out to somebody who who will, you know, be able to to more effectively treat it. So, I think that's something to keep in mind too that I do believe that there is a solution for everyone, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's just a matter of persevering, yeah. uh, you yeah. know. And but but also to make sure that when you when you try something, you give it a good go. Uh,
0: Absolutely, and I think sometimes people think it's going to be a lot quicker. But with some, of my perspective, some of the dietary stuff, really have to hang on in there possibly for three to six months totally before there is a shift and then suddenly there will be a shift but then mm-hmm. we don't want people to say i'm going to be on the diet for the rest of their life we might say if it's really working well now start reintroducing other things and changing things and then we'll find a new balance somewhere else so mm-hmm. it, it's it's constantly moving as you say it's this back and forth relationship that can go on for many months many years
1: mm-hmm.
0: i usually tell people
1: give me at least three months. Um, because when it comes to hormones, uh, digestion, I feel and autoimmune things are, are kind of similar in this way. Mm-hmm. It can take time. This is deep stuff and it's been brewing for a while. And so, you know, it needs, while you might notice a, a, a change in symptoms, um, early on to get it fully resolved and to really troubleshoot it, it, it can take more time. It
0: can be a more long-term commitment. Yeah, and de- definitely, because we're really trying to rebalance the body to an, an, an or actually take it to a new place quite often. Because the imbalances that people have had have been maybe way back twenty years, so it isn't going to be turned around by a few weeks of acupuncture or, or hormone hormo, or even well hormone therapy and the Western side or herbal medicine or practicing qigong. These things take time; they don't happen instantly.
1: Oh, yeah. Because the imbalance that, you know, it, it could have been something that came on very quickly. Right. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, it's been something that's been in the works for a while. And, you know, when I explain how acupuncture and herbal medicine and lifestyle changes work, it's basically that we're helping the body reset. And then at some point, you wake up one day, and your body has taken over. And yeah. it won't need the help from our medicine anymore, right? It it, it will have yeah. taken over yeah. the process and will have the strength to to find yeah. its own level of homeostasis. But in you know, in the meantime, we are providing homeostasis <laughs> through our methods.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's a great way to play to say that we're providing homeostasis through our methods. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. Christina, that's been a very quick snapshot into what is a huge, huge area of Chinese, of acupuncture and herbs and Chinese is like vast. And I think probably both of us probably realize you never know everything is just always new things emerging we can help people with. But how can people get in touch with you if they live near New York and they're interested in acupuncture in the States, but also, you know, from a herbal medicine perspective?
1: Sure. I can be contacted through my, uh, wellness clinic in New York. It's called the Naturna Institute. The website is Mm naturnalife.com. Um, I can also be found on Instagram and Facebook at Dr. Christina Burns uh, or at Naturna underscore life. Um, you'll find me over there on the web and, uh, I like to respond and, and answer questions. And I'm always happy to, you know, and even if somebody wasn't interested in necessarily booking a, a consultation, but just to answer questions on, you know, how you might get direction to to find your way.
0: That's wonderful. Christina, thank you so much for coming on Thriving Through Menopause and sharing your wisdom and your experience with women in menopause from a Chinese medicine perspective.
1: Oh, it's been my absolute honor and pleasure. Thank you, Clarissa.
0: Thank you for listening to the Thriving Through Menopause podcast. And I hope you enjoyed that episode with Dr. Christina Burns talking in depth about Chinese medicine and, in particular, herbalism and acupuncture and how they can help you to thrive in menopause. Next week, I have my 200th episode. Very exciting. And I'm going to be having a guest talk about fitness in your 50s and beyond her name is kelly howard and she is inspiring and i hope that she will inspire you too if you've enjoyed this episode then do like subscribe and share so more women like you can learn about the ways that we can manage our perry to postman journey holistically until next week Go well.